0: The heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is the Word of God. Please be seated. Can we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we praise you oh we love you. Glory and honor is yours. Let the words that come out be your words, not mine. I pray that we uphold your word. We thank you for it. We pray, Lord Father, that your Holy Spirit will just fall afresh on you. I pray for good soil this morning, for good hearts. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. So did you see the, the passage up there on the screen? I've always wondered who controls that. So when it would come up and it would transition, I would look around who had the presenter, the pointer thing. So Nick showed me that there's actually a computer back there and he controls everything. So answered my question. So, so I have questions about this passage. Just like John, I wonder why he is baptizing Jesus. I wonder, how can one being human baptize the Son of God? I wonder, did Jesus need to be baptized? After all, wasn't he without sin? Here's another question. If Jesus gets baptized, should we get baptized? You see, if I was John, I would question him like he did. I need to be baptized by you. But you come to me? How many of us question God on things He asked us to do? You know, He asked us to do something, and a lot of times it's challenging and it requires God's help. God, you want me to give up my last $20 bill? God, you want me to give up my only free time I have for this ministry? God, you want me to teach or help out in Route three, four, five, confirmation or youth? I don't feel like I'm worthy. John didn't feel worthy. He had the Son of God, the prophesied Messiah, show up to be baptized. And in the process, this is what inaugurates Jesus' ministry on earth. And it started all right there. It's a new beginning. Something new. How many of us have been led to start something new this year? But you haven't started. We have too many questions and reasons why we can't do it. Jesus' baptism starts his ministry, and we can be encouraged to step out in obedience to God when he asks us to do something and just say, your will be done. Even when we have questions. This passage right here is about God's plan of redemption for us through Jesus on the cross. What role does our faith have? And why should we remember our baptism? Now at the end of the service, if you've been baptized at any point in your life, you're going to have the opportunity to be baptized. And here are three things we can learn from this passage. And if you have the bulletin, you like to take notes, there's a place to take notes. And I have three points. The first one is, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Verse 14, John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? John's question is a valid one. Here you have Jesus, the Son of God, coming to you to baptize him. You see, John immediately recognizes the holiness of Jesus. Moreover, John does not feel worthy. Ever been there? God asks you to do something and you don't feel worthy? Or you feel like the task is something that cannot be done in this physical world? Well, in, in February 1980, the U.S. Olympic hockey team, remember when this happened? They walked away with the gold medal at Lake Placid, New York. Those collegiate players had shocked the world by upsetting the powerful Soviet team. And then they grabbed the victory over Finland while the, chow, the, the crowd chanted, USA, USA. But before the team's victory over the Soviet Union, which advanced them to the finals... The coach of the U.S. hockey team told this to his players. You are born to be a player. You are meant to be here at this time. This is your moment. Like that, God is saying, this is your moment. I have ordained my purpose for you. Let it be so now. And everybody has a purpose. However, you have questions. You have questions because the task seems like it is out of left field or that you, it might make your family suffer a little bit. Is it okay to bring your questions to God? Yes. When you bring your questions to God, bring your faith. And I, and I give you a couple examples. For example, let's look at the story of Zacharias and Mary when Gabriel visits them and tells them about the miracle births with John the Baptist and Jesus, respectively. The angel Gabriel tells Zachariah that his wife Elizabeth will bear a son and be named John. In the other story, Gabriel tells Mary that she will conceive a son, Jesus. But both seem to respond in a similar manner to the angel. They each ask a question. Zacharias. Here's his response. How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. I would never tell my wife that. (laughs) I know, it ended up in the Bible. (laughs) Mary's response. "How How will this be, since I am a virgin? You see, Zacharias responded with unbelief. And was silent for it until the birth of John. And But Mary, she expressed humility by asking, how? Zacharias expressed doubt by asking, will this happen? So our faith is important. Hebrews eleven sixteen says, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So I have hard questions. Some of you have some questions about some really hard times. And you're wondering if God is finally going to heal you or your family member. You're wondering if if God is going to bring you that job, that promotion that you because you've been in that job for years. You're wondering if God can help you with the emptiness that you're feeling sometimes. Maybe you feel, you know, I just don't feel like a worthy Christian. Bring those answers to Jesus. He loves you and is involved with every detail of your life. He is sovereign. He hears your prayers and is working on answering it. So in the meantime, make Jesus your answer. Let it be so now. Here's our second point. Our faith pleases God. Our faith pleases God. And I touched upon a little bit of that this, this past, that um, I just mentioned there. Verse 16 and 17. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened up to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This this is an amazing text. It says the heavens opened up. It opened up and the Holy Spirit came down on Jesus. God's glory shined on him. At that moment, it was the public proclamation by God that Jesus was set apart from humans and that he was son of God, divine. And Jesus was anointed for his work And he needed the Holy Spirit's help because he was about to go through the wilderness, his temptation, a most lonely place, and he experienced that too. You know, a lot of the times when God asks us to do something, he actually sends us through the wilderness. Actually, he's going to send you through the wilderness because that is where you learn humility, to trust him and to learn from him. If things were good all the time, you wouldn't need God. That he is there to show that he is always with you. So take encouragement in that. How many of us go through the dark times and the wilderness and don't know the way? It is like you are hiking and the sun goes down and you cannot see your way anymore. However, you turn on the flashlight and you see your way. The flashlight is what's needed to go on. Otherwise, you couldn't. The Christian life is a call to live our life with that flashlight, and it's the Holy Spirit living inside of us, sealing us as a believer and giving us the guidance and power that we need to live this life for Jesus. 2 Corinthians 1, 21-22 says, And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us, And who has also put his seal on us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So this ultimately means that we live differently. One with power, confidence, and also one where, you know, people notice something different about you uh, than the rest of the world. You live a, a life submitted to God, pleasing to him, because you are a child of God. What pleases God? Again, Hebrews 11, 6, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. So, our God requires our faith in him. On who he is. God is love, sovereign, grace, justice, compassion. He is spirit, almighty and merciful. He is all-powerful. All-knowing and present, he is Lord. Praise God. So what pleases him? Our faith. If I was to ask you, bring up that question again, how many of you feel like God is pleased with you? And don't raise your hand, just, just think about this. How many of us would not raise our hands because we feel like we haven't done enough? We just haven't felt like a worthy Christian. But what if I ask this question, how many of you feel like God is pleased with you just based on your faith? I hope there would be more hands, because you cannot earn your way into salvation. It's all through the grace of God. And all that is required is your faith in him. How do you have faith in Jesus? You believe, and you get to know Jesus. You love him, and you love others. Listen, God's love is different from our love. It's a love that is tied to his holiness. It's a love that came back for us. And it's a love tied to his nature. So speaking of his nature, which of these traits of God do you need more of in your life? Do you need direction? You don't know where you're going. Come to the one who knows it all and is working out everything for your good. Do you need provision? Food? Money? Housing? Come to the one who created it all. Do you need love? Come to the one whose love abounds and came for your deliverance of your soul. That is love. I pray that you understand that you don't have to earn that love. You just receive it. It is a gift. It is there for you, and it was there on that cross at Calvary. Do you need a Savior for the forgiveness of your sins? You think, he wouldn't forgive me for this? Yes, he will. Receive Jesus as your Savior, and he forgives you. It's wiped clean. When God sees you, he just sees Jesus. Amen for that. So our faith pleases God. And here's our last point. God's plan makes everything new. God's plan makes everything new. Verse 15. But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. This fulfill all righteousness is where Jesus is identifying himself with sinner, and was giving himself as a ransom for us on the cross. When Adam and Eve sinned, they hid from God. Sin separated their relationship from God. God's plan for atonement to restore the relationship was put into place. In the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, blood had to be shed from a sacrificed lamb or ox that was without blood blemish through a priest. In other words, innocent blood was to cover the sins of the guilty to restore the relationship with God. However, we humans needed another human that was without sin to cover our sins. And Jesus, while being God, was that human and restored our relationship with God and covered our sins with his blood. All this was God's plan and love for us put into action to make everything new. I used to work at the port in Savannah where container ships came from around the world to pick up loads and and to drop off loads. Um, There were many port-dependent warehouses uh, that popped up, especially as trade grew in the last 20 years there. Some property around the port increased in value, and not because of what was there, but what could be there. New warehouse property. The value was in what was to come. Our baptism is important. It expresses our union with his death, resurrection, and our new life through Jesus. Romans 6, 3-4 says, Do you not know? that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. So our faith unites us with Christ. Our baptism is the symbol of that union much like you are committed to your wife or your husband, the ring is the symbol of your connection, of your marriage. So Jesus commanded that baptism be ordained an ongoing practice. Matthew 26, 19-20 says, Go, therefore, and disciple all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, And behold, I am with you always, to the end of the age. So, baptism is important because it started your walk with the Lord. So, today, as we go and we remember our baptism, I have a question for you. Do you remember it? More importantly, do you remember the time when you first fell in love with Jesus? Maybe times have been tough. You're in the valleys and you're just pushing back darkness with as much light as you can. And your love has probably grown cold. Maybe it's good and you're doing all these church things, but you forgot your first love, God. Maybe your love is kind of lukewarm, not hot or cold. In Matthew 22, 37 and 39, Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. In Revelations 2, Jesus commends the church of Ephesus concerning their patient endurance, intolerance of evil, suffering for Christ's name, and exposing false prophets. All good things. However, Jesus takes one issue with them. Although this church looked great on paper, he turns to one central issue. But I have this one issue with you. That you have abandoned the love you, have, you had at first. Jesus gives them instructions on what to do. Remember, therefore... From where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. He is saying, Remember what you did at first when you found me. So it's much more than religious activity, religious works, it's love. Today, while you go through remembering your baptism, remember when you first fell in love with Jesus. He was all that you had, and today he is all that you have and all that you will need. Kind of like when you're married after a few years, and you're advanced in years. It's nice to take your spouse to dinner, bring her flowers, make him or buy him something, because you are making them feel like what it was like when it was new, when your love was just for that person. Why? Because you loved your husband. You loved your wife. You loved Jesus. You can't wait to worship him. You can't wait to pray with him. Spend time with him in the Bible. Because you get the joy of him, Jesus. So as I close, I... Let's think back to what was discussed today. We see some major themes that I hope we can remember. God loves you. And wants you to be with him forever. He put a plan in place for us to be in a new restored relationship. With him only through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And all that is required for you is to repent. Put your faith in God. He wants your love and your love for each other. He says, come to me. Receive this love And if you already found this love, and it's been a while, return to your first love, Jesus. So today, let us go remember the first things we did when we fell in love with Jesus. And I have some four quick applications. Let's humble ourselves. Let's praise God. We're going to have the opportunity with music. Let's thank Jesus let's worship him amen i love you church let's pray god i we love you we praise you lord god you're good thank you for this word I pray it stirs something in our hearts, Lord, that we hear you and we're obedient. I pray you bless this church. I pray that we just honor you, honor your word, Lord. I pray that you go with us today. And if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, Lord, I pray that this person will say this prayer. I need you, Jesus. Amen. All right, so... Quick instructions. We are going to have our um, baptism remembrance. So we're going to have the reading up there. Um, I'll say something. You guys respond, and then as you feel led, and you've been baptized at some point in your life, and you come up to remember. Um, there's really no way to do this. Just however you are led, you want to just touch the water. If you want to just splash it in your face, you can do that too. So. Um, just come as you're led. Uh, before you come, though, we'll uh, do the reading. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah. You saved those in the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Tell of God's good mercy each day. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus. Nurture in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Declare his words to the nations, his glory among all people. Pour out your Holy Spirit, and by this gift of water... Call us to remembrance the grace declared to us in our baptism. For you have washed away our sins, and you clothe us with righteousness throughout our lives, that dying and rising with Christ, we may share in his final victory. All praise to you, eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen.